The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at NewBalance.com. What's up, everybody? Welcome to the Pick 6 Podcast, CBS Sports Daily NFL Podcast. I'm Will Brinson. I'm your host. And this is another one of our division free agency grade podcasts, little mini pods, micro pods, whatever you want to call them. On this episode, we will cover the NFC South free agency grades with Cody Benjamin. Uh, but first, I want to tell you all about the new Stitcher podcast app. It's been rebuilt from the ground up to make it easier to listen to podcasts on the go or on the revamped web player. Stitcher is home to all your favorite podcasts from my wife's favorite pod, my favorite murder, This American Life, and other classics like How Did This Get Made, plus all the CBS shows such as I on College Basketball, Fantasy Baseball Today, and of course, your favorite podcast and my wife's Second favorite podcast, the Pick Six Podcast. In Stitcher, you have more control, like setting your download preferences per show and the ability to listen at virtually any speed. With Stitcher, you can listen to your podcast anytime, anywhere. So give the all new Stitcher a try. Download it in the app store or at stitcherapp.com slash download. Cody Benjamin, what's happening, buddy? Glad to be on with you. And I, uh, I hate to drag this on, but what's your wife's number one podcast? Oh, my favorite murder, I think is your number one. Oh, that is it. Okay. No, I'm not well, kidding. We... Loves it. Yeah. It's, it's humiliating because it's way more popular than my actual podcast. Well, um, maybe we could have a crossover someday. Yeah. I would, I would hang out with those, those chicks. They seem like they're cool. Talk about death and murder and serial killers and stuff like that. It's basic picks. Yeah, my, my wife actually listens to a lot of like true crime stuff. And I never think like when I'm going to go mow the lawn, that I, you know, it's not my thing. Like I'm going to go mow the lawn and go for a walk and listen to the, uh, the series. No, yeah. Case. It's like my, my wife will like fall asleep with like criminal minds blaring and you walk in. It's like some, you know, the, like the wife's murder. Somebody's murdering somebody. It's terrifying. Uh, anyway, the Buccaneers had quite the off season. Uh, no real additions per se for the Super Bowl champions, but they did bring back Chris Goblin, franchise tag, Rob Gronkowski, Levante David and Dominican Sue, Leonard Fournette, playoff Lenny, Shaquille Barrett and Ryan Suckup. They got the entire band back together. I mean, what grade did you give them, Cody? So I think the idea of running it back, you know, sometimes we overrate that. I think it really does get overrated because running it back rarely works out. But in this case, I mean, you, you rarely see it when it truly is such a run back. I mean, where they've gotten everyone except for Antonio Brown, who Bruce Arian says there's offers out there. Wouldn't be surprised to see him come back. Um, every major piece. And I think the best part about it is, you know, a handful of those guys, they're not just one-year fixes. You know, Gronkowski and Fournette, they are. But you're talking about a guy like Chris Godwin, Shaquille Barrett. Those guys should be around, I mean, beyond Tom Brady's tenure there. So I think that the Buccaneers did a fantastic job. I think they get a, a an A. I mean, if not an A-plus, I think, yeah, it would be nice to see some fresh guys in there. Uh, I think that, you know, they, they have to – obviously the draft will be where that comes in. But, you know, in terms of if, if you would have told Bucks fans, you know, going into the offseason – that you're coming back with this. I mean, starting lineups on offense, defense, you would take it in a heartbeat. So yeah, I think yeah. they struck it, struck it out of the park. I, I mean, I honestly, I think like an A is, is shortchanging them just because, I mean, not, I mean, 
like, you know, whatever, A plus, you know, A, A plus, same difference, right? You're, you're maxing out their grade. You're saying they did an awesome job and they did. I mean, this is this, you know, the thing about the box is that I think people sort of sleep on this. They weren't a dominant powerhouse all year. I mean, they beat up on some bad teams. They struggled out of the gates. Tom Brady was, the offense wasn't clicking entirely and they got hot and you know, they're a wild card team. They were got hot at the right time and, and won a bunch of road playoff games before winning a home Super Bowl. Very weird close to a season. But the, you know, the fact that they clicked like that shows you that after 16 games in a, or 19, I guess 20 games, um, in a pandemic off season, that they probably started to become the team that they could, like, that could be a 13-win team this year, especially with Drew Brees retiring, you know, the Falcons dealing with stuff, the, the Panthers not quite there yet, couldn't find the quarterback this offseason yet. Uh, so, I mean, yeah, if you're the Bucks, heck yeah, you run it back, and it, it really shows the power of Tom Brady that all these guys were, you know, that one, that Jason Light was willing to do all this, but two, that you were able to, you know, he had to use the franchise tag on Chris Godwin, but everybody else was coaxed voluntarily back through, you know, pretty reasonable financial means to come play with Tom Brady. And I think that really speaks to his, his importance as a player for the saints. As we mentioned, Drew Brees retired, Emmanuel Sanders lost in free agency, Jared Cook lost in free agency, Josh Hill gone, Trey Hendrickson. They couldn't afford to pay Malcolm Brown, Sheldon Rankins and Janoris Jenkins, a bunch of pieces on both sides of the ball. They did retain James Winston and, and surprisingly for a franchise tag, Marcus Williams. Uh, what grade do you give the saints for their uh, free agency? So I gave him a C minus. I'm curious to hear what you think about that. But I think, you know, going into the offseason, we knew for months that um, this was going to be a problem, you know, kind of managing the cap. We knew they were going to be losing a ton of guys. And so you kind of have to adjust expectations relative to that. Um, obviously, Drew Brees retiring, that's a huge hole to fill. Um, Jameis Winston has big shoes to fill. But I look at up and down that list, and I mean, Trey Hendrickson, that's an up-and-coming player. Maybe will be a really good pass rusher for five, seven years. But most of the other guys, um, you know, Emmanuel Sanders, I really like him. I think it's a great signing for Buffalo. But Emmanuel Sanders, Janoris Jenkins, Jared Cook, to me, those guys are replaceable. Um, you still mm-hmm. got your centerpieces on offense. Uh, Michael Thomas, Alvin Kamara. And Jameis Winston, while, you know, we've seen he's prone to turnovers, he's certainly not a guarantee to be a great starter. I mean, would anyone be surprised if Jameis Winston throws 4,000 yards, 25 touchdowns, 10 to 15 picks? I mean, that would be good production. I mean, and, I, mean and I, would, I would be I mean, maybe surprised if it's that low. Like, I mean, that's what I'm saying. I mean, especially and, with 17 and, games now, too. Like, he's, you know, I, I think, yeah, I think Jameis could have a monster season. I, I don't, I don't know that the outcome is as there's not as like defined as a defined path of an outcome in terms of production as there was with Drew Brees, obviously like this could vary wildly and we could see a bunch of Taysom Hill, but yeah, the saints could still be very good with Jameis Winston. Yeah. And I, I just think if you, you know, we're not going to credit the saints, I guess, for uh, mismanaging the cap to the point where they were expected to lose all these people. And so that, you know, that has to be held against them a little bit because they kind of pushed all the chips in before they're paying for it now. But I think when you're going into an off season, uh, almost crushed under the weight of your own previous decisions to be able to come out of it with a guy like Jameis Winston, who again, not guaranteed, but like you said, I mean, if he gives you top 20 production at quarterback with those weapons, um, they still got some pieces on defense. I don't think it's a horrible outcome. So I think that, um, you know, and Marcus Williams, I think, you know, being able to retain him, even if it's for one year, a future extension, I mean, it's a great up and coming safety. I think they, they made out okay. This offseason. No, I think that's a really good grade. And but the Saints are really fascinating because 
you know, Sheldon Rankins also departed this offseason. He was signed by the Jets. He was their number one pick in 2016. Now, uh, obviously, Michael Thomas, their second round pick, was a you know, home run that year. Um, but, you know, you look at the 2018 draft, they trade two ones to move up and get Marcus Davenport. Certainly hasn't lived up to, to his billing yet. And, you know, we'll, you know, TBD, I think, on 2019 and 2020 in terms of, you know, how, how that draft plays out. These guys are just young, but like, the 2017 draft class is, my go down in history is like one of the best ever. I mean, they got Marshawn Lattimore, Ryan Ramchick, Marcus Williams, Alvin Kamara, Alex Anzalone, and Trey Hendrickson in the first three rounds of the draft. And it's like, I mean, that's, that, they were seven to nine, three straight years, and then hit on that draft class and have won a ton of games since. And I, I think it's important. One, like, I can't overstate how good a draft class that was, but two, if you end up with the only guy that you, if you, if you end up signing four of those five guys, take Anzalone off there if you want, four of those five guys, those stars to second contracts and you, you get second contract production from them, then I think you can be okay losing Trey Hendrickson. But you are right. We should not get, the Saints do not deserve any credit for mismanaging, like for, like, oh, you know, like good for, you know, uh, uh, good for the, you know, I'm forgetting the GM's name somehow. Mickey Loomis. Good for Mickey Loomis for getting $66 million off your cap, but you shouldn't have been there in the first place. Like, you know, like, you know, it's like, it's like, like giving my son credit for cleaning up a giant puddle of milk on the kitchen floor. Like, congratulations, son. You mopped up some milk. Maybe don't spill it next time. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think, I think C plus, uh, C minus, excuse me, is a very good grade. All right. Coming up after the break, the Atlanta Falcons. Pass or fail, Cody Benjamin's uh, free agency grades. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, available dual wireless charging pads ensure you can take on any adventure. Available H-Track all-wheel drives you can take on the dirt trails and kick up some mud. Standard third-row seating so your whole family can experience the thrill together. Available dual wireless charging pads so no one gets stuck in the great outdoors with a dead phone. Whether you're tailgating out in the dirt lot, Carter Finley, shout out Carter Finley, or whether you're whitewater rafting, taking the entire family on an adventurous trip, maybe you're out camping at Mount Rogers, I used to go as a kid, wish my parents had a Hyundai Santa Fe, the Hyundai Santa Fe is perfect for your family outing, learn more about the all new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com, call 562-314-4603 for complete details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. So the Atlanta Falcons, you know what? I probably not, probably, probably should be a pass fail. I don't even know if it's, I mean, it, this is a hard one to grade too, because I, I remember we were doing, you know, previewing like what their offseason would look like. It's like, holy crap. They have, they like, they're just, they're just a boat stuck in the Suarez canal. Like they, they can't move. There's nothing they could do, man. And, um, and they really didn't do much. They lost Alex Mack and Keanu Neal and they signed Mike Davis. I mean, they're, you know, they just didn't have any money and they didn't have any guys they could really do much with. Right. 
Yeah, no, I mean, I put him at a C and it feels like a cop out because you're going right in the middle. But I, I think that if there's one team um, where I guess there's a chance to look bad about, uh, t- you know, if you project them bottoming out or contending, I mean, this team is really hard to predict because, yeah. you know, it depends really what they're doing at, at number four in the draft too. I mean, what does Arthur Smith have in mind? Is it we're going to try and take this roster that has some Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, healthy Calvin Ridley, are we going to try and make a run over these next one or two years, or are we really shifting this toward the future? And if it's the latter, I would grade them lower because I think this was the offseason, even though they were tight on money, you know, maybe this was the time to, to cut, you know, not cut, but, but, you know, sell uh, Matt Ryan, kind of like the Lions did with Matt Stafford, Julio Jones. I know that the cap ramifications weren't going to be, you know, they weren't going to save a ton of money doing that. In fact, they might've lost a little bit, but, the return, I mean, imagine if you were to add, you know, a first round pick here, a first round pick there, a second round pick. I mean, all of a sudden you might be drafting Trey Lance along with a couple other studs. Um, so I think there's a case to be made that Atlanta should have gone all in on the rebuild, but I have a chance to look really bad saying that because if Matt Ryan, uh, ends up performing well with Arthur Smith, he's the next coming of, you know, Ryan Tannehill, then all of a sudden it looks a little bit different. I think that. Like they were in such a bad spot because as you point out, like Matt Ryan would have been $65 million dead against the cap. You know, if you do a post June one deal, it's, it's obviously less and they could have done that. Um, but then, then you're stringing things out real far with the greatest player in your franchise history. Not a great look. Julio Jones, 40 million dead against the cap. Like they didn't have anywhere to save any money. And, you know, again, like we talk about Mickey Loomis and the Saints and where, you know, you don't get credit for, you know, for cleaning up a mess. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't Terry Fontenot who did all this. I mean, he inherited all this. But, like, Thomas Dimitrov and the guys who just got run out of town, I mean, deserve to get banged a little bit for this because they, like, this was a, this is an impossible situation. You you need to, like, go all in on the final years of Matt Ryan or completely rebuild, and you can't do either. Like, Again, back to the, the, the boat on the, in the canal, like you can't go forward and you can't go backwards. You're just sitting there in the middle of the canal and you got to try to make it work. I, I'm a little more bullish on the Falcons than I, I think, I think, I think a lot of people, mainly because this is the first offensive coach that, that, uh, Matt Ryan's ever had as a head coach, which is pretty crazy to think about. Um, I, you know, I don't, I don't know how good their defense will be, but Dean Pease is great at cooking up stuff without a whole lot to work with. And if the offensive line can come together, the Alex Macloss is a big one to me. But then that offensive line can come together and maybe they add a, a Kyle Pitts in the draft or something like that at four. You know, I could, I could talk myself into Atlanta being a, a fringe playoff contender. Yeah. I would be really torn on who to take at four or what to do there because I mean, you're kind of playing the same game. I mean, what do we want to be? Because if you're really serious and you think uh, the offensive coaching is going to, bring the best out of Matt Ryan and Julio Jones for kind of this swan song. I mean, we're going for the title uh, in the next one to two years. Then, yeah, you probably want a guy like Kyle Pitts, Jamar Chase. I mean, somebody that's going to uh, really open it up. I, I just think that if a guy's sitting there like Trey Lance, uh, Justin Fields, whoever it is, that I mean, that's a tough decision. And, and you're not, you know, especially if we think that their roster is a little better than people give it credit for, you're probably not going to be sitting at four again soon. Yeah. Um, so that's a huge decision to me. I, I mean, I, I've said this r- repeatedly that 
like, I, I don't, I understand, I understand that everybody's like, right, it's time to move on from Matt Ryan. You know, I mean, look, he's old. He's 30, he's going to be 36 this year. But like, even next year, if they cut him before June 1st or trade him before June 1st, um, it's $40.5 million in dead cap space. Like, <laughs> That would that would be an all time record. That's a lot of dead cap space for a for a guy who's still playing at a pretty high level, and the salary cap's not shooting back up to two hundred thirty million next year. It's going to gradually creep back up, and you know, maybe you can cut him after June one, and then it's you know you save you get twenty three million dollars in cap space. I I really think they're going to ride Matt Ryan out for two years and try to win games. Let Arthur Smith establish himself as, you know, a Falcons coach who can, who can get that done. And then you sort of look for other options at the quarterback position. We'll see. I mean, if they love a guy at four, you know, if you love a quarterback at Trey Lance, whoever it is, you know, take him by all means. Justin Fields, if you, if you think he's the guy, take him. I, I wouldn't begrudge him one bit. I just think the math and the salary, ca- the salary cap math tells me that, that Matt Ryan is playing in Atlanta for two more years or else they're doing a big time rebuild in, uh, in 2022. All right. Finally in the a- NFC South, the Carolina Panthers, they, uh, as is their want each off season, they signed somebody from Temple, Hassan Reddick, a former, uh, former owl under, uh, under Matt Rule, I believe, um, Robbie Anderson last year. They also added Cameron Irving to a surprisingly big contract. Morgan Fox, Denzel Perryman, a nice little pickup. Dan Arnold. They, uh, retained Taylor Moten on the franchise tag, which he's already signed. They lost Curtis Samuel, Mike Davis, who we mentioned, and, uh, Steven Weatherly. What's your, uh, grade for the Panthers? I had them at a C plus. Um, I, briefly, I think that, I briefly forgot where Curtis Samuel went, by the way. I don't know if you could tell that, but like, if he went to Washington, obviously he's went back with Rod Romero. What is wrong yeah. with him? Well, for a second, when you said it, then I thought maybe he went to the Jets. I mean, I, I thought he went to the Jets too. For, I don't know why I thought that. That's yeah. Anyway, I mean, we got to get our act together. I think, uh, with the Panthers, um, you know, I respect that they didn't go out and kind of blow money on, on a big name just because, uh, I like some of those low, risk high reward signings like Hassan Reddick. I mean, uh, even Morgan Fox coming over from the Rams. I mean, I think that those are some, some good defensive pieces there. What I don't really like is the investment on the offensive line. Now I like the investing, uh, to protect your quarterback, but not where they did it. Um, I think Cameron Irving, um, I think it was two years, 10 million. And then they also signed Pat Elfline, the former Vikings and Jets starter. I'm, I'm just not really sure. Uh, why the money was so much for both of those guys. I think that that could have been allocated better elsewhere. Um, I think David Moore from the Seahawks is another kind of underrated signing there at receiver. I mean, he's not going to be a, I don't think a consistent number two, but you know, he, he made some big plays for, for Russell Wilson in Seattle. And so, um, they're another team where it's, it's really kind of dependent on what they do at quarterback and in the draft. Um, you know, quarterback was, we, we know they were sniffing around some, some big names, Matthew Stafford, Deshaun Watson, um, if they're going to go into the season with Teddy Bridgewater, it feels like they're just kind of settling for that. Uh, and so that would obviously be a, a down, a downgrade, but if they can make something happen in the draft, you know, the grade swings up a lot. I, it's been, I mean, you know, if you consider how the, like, if you want to consider the, the totality of the off season, um, along with the free agency, I mean, I think the Panthers are, are certainly on the a list of the bigger, bigger losers out there. Mainly because Matthew Stafford got dealt somewhere else. They couldn't, you know, they couldn't match what the Rams were willing to give for Stafford and that, the golf and the, and the first round picks. Um, you know, Russell Wilson 
not, wasn't going to get traded. And the Deshaun Watson, Watson stuff, the off-field stuff, is basically made him untradeable. And then you tack on the 49ers making a move up to three, leapfrogging the, the Broncos and the Panthers and, of course, the Falcons. Um, and, I, I mean, I think it, it'll be very curious to see how David Tepper responds to this because the thing about hedge funds, hedge fund billionaires, Cody, is they don't like being told no and they don't like losing. <laughs> like no, no, nobody does, right? I mean, like seven year olds don't like it, but like billionaires take it a little worse usually because it doesn't happen very often. And David Tepper is, is rabid for, uh, for like, I think all the moves, the quarterback moves and the carousel and the, the availability of these guys had him just thinking we're going to make a splash this offseason. And now it looks increasingly like that's not going to happen. Now they could end up getting somebody in the draft or the trade up or somebody falls to eight. Um, but with the Falcons and, um, I guess the Dolphins won't take one. Bengals won't take one. But, I mean, but you, you got know. the Broncos and the Patriots not far behind. And yeah, I, I, mean, I don't think they can afford to sit there at eight and wait. Yeah. I mean, like there's a pretty good chance that they will be getting the fifth pick of quarterbacks at eight. If they sit, if they sit back there and wait. And if, if that's the case, then I, you know, I'm with you. I think, I think it'll be a disappointing offseason for Carolina based similar to the bears. Like they hyped up mm-hmm. these, these grand plans sort of, you know, through the media. I mean, like, you know, just what you're, you know, what you hear, you know, around the league and all that. And it's just not going to, it doesn't look like it's going to pan out for them. I don't necessarily think that's bad because they can go back to their original rebuilding plan. But when something like that happens, it does create false expectations, both with ownership and with the fan base. And, and sometimes that's tough to, uh, that's tough for both sides to swallow. I really do think though, and you mentioned he's kind of rabid for, uh, you know, an upgrade. Tell and you. I think that, yeah. And, and I think it, it's, has see, spilled out into the rest of that organization, if not, or, or they're just reciprocating it. Because if you listen right after the season, I mean, Matt Rule was pretty upfront about being disappointed with how Teddy Bridgewater finished the year. Their new GM, Scott Fitterer, coming over from Seattle. I mean, he's been public with his remarks about exploring aggressively the quarterback market. So you've got the three figureheads of that organization. They all clearly would welcome an upgrade over Teddy Bridgewater. And so if you're looking for a team where all those uh, organizational leaders are are in sync, I think it would be there. And so, yeah, if they're if they're sitting at eight and waiting, I think it's more likely they're moving up and, and making that move happen. Yeah, and I mean the Teddy thing's weird too because if you cut him after June one this offseason, you only save you save eight million dollars against the cap, um, you know, but you'd have a fifteen million dollar dead cap hit. They have plenty of cap space. I think they probably just wait and cut him next offseason. Like I, I think if even if they draft somebody, I think you keep Teddy around just to have the the availability, and you have PJ Walker there too. It's it, they're just in a very weird spot um, because of the way that this offseason has unfolded and. It's going to be spicy to see how that closes out. Uh, but I, yeah, I mean, I think, I think I agree with you. C plus is fine. Maybe even an incomplete because we didn't, you know, you didn't get to see what, what we thought their grand plans would be. All right. That's the NFC South free agency grades. Make sure and check the feed for other divisional grades. Cody Benjamin. Thanks as always, buddy. Thanks for having me on. CBS Sunday after the equalizer. You collect rewards, right? This is how I make my living. It's the season finale. Everyone's looking for something. Of Tracker. You strong swimmer? So-so. So-so. So-so's okay. 
Justin Hartley stars. I survive. You make quick, smart decisions. If you never let panic take the wheel. Sounds cool. It is cool, actually. Very cool. Tracker, CBS season finale Sunday after The Equalizer on CBS and streaming on Paramount+.